I don't think we can ever really know for sure why Jonah decided to allow himself to be thrown overboard, even though the other people on the boat didn't want to do it. I don't think we can ever know. Was he just suicidal and he thought, this is all that's left? Or did he have a messiah complex and he thought that he could solve everything and rescue everyone by giving up his own life? Or was it something else? I don't know. We don't know. I don't think we ever can know. But what we do know is that last week we left Jonah sinking down, down, down into the deep. And the very last verse of Jonah chapter 1 is this. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that's where we left him. Now we pick it up in Jonah chapter 2. Listen to these words from God. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord as God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is God's word. Excuse me. What a great prayer, right? Jonah is literally in the deep. He is drowning in his own guilt, headed towards his own destruction, and he finally comes to his senses. What a great prayer. He cries out to God, finally, in the depths of the ocean, and he says, God, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry from rejecting your command and running in the opposite direction when you told me to go this way. I'm so sorry for the anger that I had against the Ninevites. You, you wanted me to proclaim your word to them, and I thought, I will never do that. I don't like them. I'm sorry for thinking that I was better and looking down on them. God, I, I, I know I don't deserve anything from you. I don't deserve your forgiveness or your mercy or your love, and so I'm just crying out to you. I'm falling on my face looking for your mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. What a great prayer. Oh, wait. Wait, what? What's that I hear you saying? What are, what are you? You're saying, Pastor, 
Jonah actually didn't say any of those things. Oh, that's what you're saying? Oh, well, it kind of messes things up, doesn't it? What? He didn't say any of that. What is, so, so what does that mean about the prayer? I'll be honest, there's, there's commentators on both sides of this issue. Some people say, it was a wonderful prayer. It's an exemplary prayer. Sometimes this prayer is even read on Easter Sunday. It's so good. And then there's other people who say, not, not so much. And you're going to find out very shortly that that's, that's where I fall. This prayer is not good. And I, I almost hesitate to say this to you because Christians, I think way too often, we can become uh, self-conscious of our prayer and worried about it, thinking that I don't know how to pray, I don't know how, how to get to God, how, the right words to say. Don't worry about that at all. Just speak your heart. Just pour out your heart to God. He promises to hear you. That's all that matters. So I almost hesitate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Don't pray like this. Don't pray like this. Here's five reasons why. Number one, it's a pretty narcissistic prayer. It's all about Jonah. It's eight verses long. Twenty-four times Jonah refers to himself using words like I, me, or my. He refers to God 16 times, and that's great. But 50% more he refers to himself. It's a prayer that's not really about God as much as it is about Jonah. It's reason number one. Reason number two is that he accuses God. He says, God, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea. Now, if I were God, and I'm not, but if I were, I would look at Jonah and I would say, uh, Jonah, let's rewind a little bit here and remember why you're in the ocean. You were the one who chose to run from me. You chartered the boat. You got on the boat. You fell asleep in the basement of the boat. You decided, even though the sailors did not want to throw you overboard, you insisted that they do. Jonah, this one's on, this one's on you. Number three, I already alluded to it, he never says sorry. He never acknowledges his own sin. Sure, he says at the beginning, um, in my distress I called to the Lord, but but he's not, it's just the distress of his situation. He's drowning in the ocean, or in the sea, I should say. He acknowledges that distress, but he doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge the distress of his sin. He's trying to treat the symptom instead of treating the disease. He never says sorry. He's not willing to acknowledge, honestly acknowledge his own sin. But number four, he is most willing to acknowledge the sins of others. Verse eight, he says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, I will sacrifice to you. Now he may be thinking of the pagan sailors on the boat who previously believed in all sorts of other gods. And he thought he was better than them. But as we saw last week, their words and actions and thoughts and prayers were actually far better than Jonah's. And at the end of it all, they started worshiping not their other gods, but they started worshiping the true God. He never says sorry for his own sins, but he's willing to focus on the sins of others. And number five, last but not least, he bargains with God. He does the old, 
I'll wash your hands. If you wash my hands, I'll do this for you. If you do this for me, God. And through all of this, there's no answer from God. This is not, not a good prayer. And that's just the things in, in chapter 2. I want to zoom out because there's more evidence if you look at the book as a whole. Okay, so real quickly, let's walk through the book. Chapter 1, what happened? God commanded Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah refused. He ran in exactly the opposite direction. He was full of anger and hatred towards the Ninevites. And then he decided to have himself tossed overboard, either suicidal or he has a Messiah complex. Either way, not good. That's chapter 1. Chapter 2, the prayer. We're still deciding if it's good or bad. Chapter 3, next week, we're going to see that Jonah, he goes to Nineveh and he says exactly what God tells him to say. And they listen. The people of Nineveh, they repent. They say, we're sorry. And God relents. He does not destroy them. And that is where every single children's Bible ends the story. No one includes chapter 4. Because chapter 4 starts off with Jonah. I can't believe that he does this. He says straight to God's face. He says, God, you had mercy on them? This is why, back in chapter 1, I didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place because I knew this would happen. I knew it would turn out in the worst way possible. Not that, not that they wouldn't listen. I knew that it would turn out that you would have mercy on them because that's what you do, and I didn't want you to have mercy on them, and that's why I ran away in the first place. I'm so angry, and he says this twice. He says, I'm so angry that you had mercy on them. It would be better if I died right now. And that's how the story ends. So, chapter 4 leads me to believe, hypothesize, that in chapter 3, Jonah only goes to Nineveh because he knew he had to. He had no, I mean, he was in a fish for three days. There was no way he couldn't go. It was either go or die, and he didn't want to die. And if he only went grudgingly because he had to in chapter 3. That, that leads me to believe that in chapter 2 with this prayer, coupled with all the other things we've already seen from the prayer itself, no, Jonah does not get the benefit of the doubt here. This is not a good prayer. With all of those reasons put together. It's almost like Jonah's prayer is so nauseating that it makes the fish sick. And so the fish has to get rid of what made it sick and had to vomit Jonah out. Now, the root of the issue, though, is this. Jonah thought that he was good. Jonah thought that he was right. He thought that he deserved his life to go a certain way. He thought that he deserved to be on the beach, not in the belly of the fish. He thought that he deserved to be in Tarshish or Joppa, not in Nineveh. He thought that he knew what was the best plan for his life, no matter, no matter what, what God says. And this, this narcissistically high view of himself, as it so often does in us too, it caused him to have a horrifically and an, an evilly, evilly, is that a word? An evilly low view of other people. He did not want the Ninevites to experience God's mercy. He wanted them, 
with all of his might to be destroyed. That was the root of the issue. Now, I was going to ask a question here, but I don't think I have to because you've all heard someone say or you've said it yourself, you know, people are naturally good. Humanity is naturally good. We like to think that. Everyone likes to think that. And here's my guess as to why. People don't say people are generally good, naturally good, because we have such a high view of humanity. No, we, we think that in general people are naturally good because if I can say people are good, then that means that I am naturally good. And that, that is what I'm after. I want to know that I am good, that I am right, that I have the correct view about things, about all the different things going on in the world, all the big things and all the little things. I want to know that I have the right view. I want to know that I deserve my life to go a certain way and look a certain way. I deserve that. I'll be very clear. Don't think that way. The Bible is very clear that, that people are naturally not good. People are naturally bad. And thinking that we're just good and that we deserve things a certain way, it leads us to narcissistic prayers like Jonah prayed. But after all of this nauseating prayer, there was a little good bit at the end. He said, salvation comes from the Lord. Now, there's a nearly 500-year-old um, teaching on Christian faith. It's called the Apology to the Augsburg Confession. And it's commentating on Jonah chapter 2. And it says this. It says, Every confidence is futile except a confidence in mercy. Mercy preserves us. Our own merits and our own effort do not preserve us. Now, that is absolutely true. And you see it play out in Jonah chapter 2. Because did you notice? Jonah didn't call on the fish to eat him. Jonah didn't tell the fish when it was exactly the right time to vomit him up. And on the beach, no less. How fortuitous. Jonah tried a lot of things. He prayed hard. He made a vow to God. He tried comparing himself to other people that he thought he was better than so that God would look favorably on him. But none of that stuff worked. One commentator said it this way, Jonah finally had stewed long enough and tried hard enough to figure out that he wasn't going to do it, that he couldn't, that his proper prayers and his promises to be good and his supposedly better adherence to the Lord than others, they were all bunk. That there was just one thing left. Salvation comes from the Lord. And that was when the Lord sprung him. This prayer is not here so that we can figure out the right ways and the wrong ways to pray. It's not so that we can look at Jonah and say, wow, he was a really bad prophet, even though he was a really bad prophet in a lot of ways. This prayer is here so that our hearts receive another layer of faith that salvation comes from the Lord. 
That is the primary reason. It, there, it's here so that in the middle of, of recognizing that our prayers and our attitude and our thoughts about ourselves and others are all too often like Jonah. And our confidence can be in a lot of other things. And it's, it's good to be confident in general. I'm not saying it's wrong. But it's to give our hearts another layer of saying, our confidence, it must be in God's mercy. There's only one prophet that Jesus compared himself to by name. And you guessed it. You heard it earlier. It's the worst one. Jonah. The sign of Jonah. He said, he said in Matthew 12, as Jonah was in the deep for three days, so Jesus would go into the depths for three days. And Jesus, over and over, some people call him obsessive. Why he taught in his ministry over and over about how he would go for three days and die and then come back to life. You know why he did that? Because he was the reason Jonah could ultimately say, salvation comes from the Lord. Jesus is the greater Jonah. Jesus wore not a crown of seaweed like Jonah. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. Jesus sunk into the depths, not because of his own sin, but because he was weighed down and burdened by the sin and the guilt of every single person who has ever lived, and that includes you and me. And Jesus didn't, he didn't come out of the grave because a fish at the command of God decided to vomit him out. No, Jesus came out of the depths of death because he had defeated death itself. I can't say it better than another pastor said it. Jesus always has that kind of mercy for you. He was merciful to you before you made a single vow to him. He was merciful to you before you prayed a single prayer to him. He was merciful to you before you quoted a single Bible verse or confessed a single sin. Jesus was merciful to you before you followed him, obeyed him, or even knew who he was. And you know what else? The pastor said he's merciful to you when your prayers kind of stink. He's merciful to you when your confessions are a bit half-hearted. He's merciful to you and to anyone whose life looks even a bit like it's been modeled after Jonah's badly concocted prayer. Jesus has that kind of mercy, and this prayer is here to show us just how far Jesus in his mercy is willing to go. Jesus, in his mercy, has spit you out from the depths of sin and guilt and death. And he has spit you out onto the shores of life and freedom. Let your confidence be in that. Amen.